You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Go out there, swear an oath to protect and defend this community, protect the people and the lives of this community, protect the property of this community, to be told, you know what, we're going to indict you and potentially put you away for the rest of your life in prison. The allegations being made against me by Jose Garza is uh, aggravated assault. Um, with a deadly weapon by a public servant, uh, first degree felony, which carries a life, uh, potential life sentence. So we were responding to a riot. You know, people throwing Molotov cocktails at us, bottles full of urine, bottles full of gasoline, and they're engaging in, in criminal activity by obstructing the passage road that goes to the main hospital. This is the largest, you know, case of batch of pushed indictments of officers, first time ever in American history. This has nothing to do with justice, has nothing to do with the wrongdoing. This is simply about politics and a political agenda that's taking place with these radical uh, liberal uh, district attorneys. People are really waking up now because George Soros is a CIA operative. That's what he is. He's the front man for it. Didn't just take over several thousand cities and counties where they have the judges and they have the district attorneys, the county attorneys in their pockets. Now many of the police chiefs. They have these junkets that are on record where they pay for the hotels and and airline tickets to the Caribbean and to the Mediterranean and to Europe and to Canada. We're talking five-star hotels. And they go to these week-long conferences that are put on by George Soros organization and sub-organizations, and they teach them how to engage in criminal activity. So they're organized crime racketeering mafia meetings of the lawyers. They, they've got the lawyers, they've got the judges, they've got the PR firms, so they give them a packet. They say, we're, 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 this is how it works with lawyers. They say, we're gonna sue Alex Jones, we're gonna sue Trump, and they this has come out from whistleblowers, and then, then they're given a packet. This is what you say, this is what you file, this is how you do it, and the judge is gonna default Trump, they're gonna default Giuliani, they're gonna default Jones, and say that you don't get a trial. The judge will then find you guilty, and then we'll have a show trial, because the public still expects one, on quote damages. Now, when that worked on me and a bunch of other people in the last five years, they've now said, screw that. We're just gonna have judges say you don't get a jury trial and then say you're guilty on day one of the trial and then have a, their own trial where you don't get closing statements, you don't get to put forward your evidence, you don't get to say you're innocent. We begin our report with truth and consequences in two New York courtrooms this week. The trials begin for Donald Trump and FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, both of whom face charges. They committed fraud, building empires out of hyperbole and deceit. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me. Federal prosecutors have dropped the charge against ex-FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried that he violated campaign finance rules, according to The New York Times. Journalist Glenn Greenwald tweeted, Congrats to Sam Bankman-Fried, the Democratic Party's second largest donor behind George Soros, on having his campaign finance fraud charges dropped by the Biden DOJ. So they've put their people in place. And you have to understand that. And so it's basically the CIA, but they do it through think tanks. So the baseline is a bunch of cowards that'll follow orders. But now you're seeing the thoroughbreds of trash, the Fannie Willis's and the Lewis Kaplan's and all, all, all the rest of them, the prosecutors, the judges, who think you're so stupid that Trump doesn't even get a jury on a case 
with $400 million. Again, almost all these billionaires don't have a $100 million in their own. They're just moving forward against him. People still thought we were in a free country, but, but, but I think now the veil is lifting. People are waking up to the fact that this is, it's socially society destructing. This is going to destroy your economy. It's going to destroy your state. You want to chase away the people who are actually generating revenue, paying the taxes to keep your social systems in order. When they leave, when they get chased out, when the government usurps that and squanders it because government can't do crap the way private enterprise can, you're all going to suffer. And as Trump is said a hundred times and i'll say it again they're not trying to get me or trump they're trying to get through us to get to you and i look at you and i say do you understand that they're cutting off our energy they're cutting off our fertilizer they're imploding our borders they're destroying our currency they're bringing this country down i realize i'm going down on the titanic with all of you incredible video we'll be right back folks It's Wednesday, February 21st, in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. I came in sort of feeling a little bit fired up today. We're going to talk about John Stewart and I'm just I'm just looking forward to that. But then I just watched that video. Every once in a while you're reminded how thoroughly screwed this country is, how deeply the rot has penetrated. Incredible. Can y'all bring up the the page again? I want to tell people exactly what that was called. That video needs to be shared around. All of our videos need to be shared around. You got bound syndrome right now. I got I got bound syndrome. <laughs> Soros destroys America. Government does nothing. By John Bound, that picture of the lizard George Soros. Infowars.com, band.video. Soros destroys America. Government does nothing. What an incredible video. And you do have to share the videos around because, after all, we know, as we've documented here, the censorship regime has taken a softer touch recently meaning that you don't know you're censored, you don't know you're kicked off of a website or uh, you know, banned from accessing certain forums. You'll, it'll look like you're able to post, but nobody actually sees your post. So that's a very subtle and effective way to not totally silence information, but put a major dampening effect on it. That's the bad news. The good news is we can overcome it by sharing. We can overcome it by people actually sharing the links to one another, even if it's in a text message, but certainly on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere else. Share the information as much as possible. Share the videos. Download them yourself. Upload them to your own account. Whatever you have to do, if people get involved and start sharing the information, the censorship doesn't work. We can actually defeat this program. But my goodness, how deeply infected America is with the Soros disease. And it makes it obvious why things like the Heritage's plan, the Trump 2025 plan or whatever it was called, is so important. The understanding that it's not just about Trump, it's not just about getting one person elected in the presidency, but our position now, or the situation now, necessitates a society-wide rehabilitation of our system. 
by which I mean kicking these corrupt scumbags to the curb and replacing them with decent people that don't hate us. It's actually not that complicated. We got a lot of news to get into today, a lot of politics, a lot of news about the invasion and the both insane consequences and the equally, if not more, insane reaction to the consequences of having an open border. We'll also be talking about the war in Israel as we've got a couple interesting things happening at the UN and all around the Middle East. Transgender stuff, corruption, running rampant, it's all completely insane. And we will also, early in the show, do do our duty, do what is necessary to attempt to unravel and defeat John Stewart's propaganda. I, and I don't think uh, John Stewart is used to this situation. I'm obviously not the only one doing it, but back when he was on The Daily Show, it wasn't as uh, alternative media wasn't as popular. He just sort of got to say things into the ether. People watched it, they absorbed it, they internalized it, they moved on. But now everybody's sort of aware of what he's up to, and so we're going to go through and, again, piece by piece, break down what he's trying to do with his propagandistic attempt to subvert America, quite obviously. So let's get into it, shall we? Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for... Wednesday, the 21st of February, 2024. Our first story is about Israel and Gaza from BBC. China condemns U.S. veto of call for immediate ceasefire at the U.N. Beijing said the move sent the wrong message and effectively gave a green light to the continued slaughter. Yes, China has sharply criticized the United States for vetoing a United Nations Security Council resolution demanding an immediate ceasefire into Gaza. The White House said the Algerian proposed resolution would jeopardize talks to end the war. We can't end the war. That would jeopardize our attempt to end the war. We can't stop fighting. After all, we're trying really hard to stop fighting. Of course, the U.S. has proposed its own temporary ceasefire resolution, which also warned Israel not to invade the city of of Rafah. Algeria's resolution was backed by 13 of the 15 members of the U.N. Security Council, with the U.K. abstaining under the Council's rules. Any resolution that is vetoed by one of its five permanent members, which does include the U.S., is immediately thrown out. And again, you know, this just represents us, America, abandoning any moral superiority we were still clinging to for the benefit of of Israel's continued slaughter. This could stop at any time. And one of the interesting aspects of this, maybe an unintended rhetorical uh, leakage, you could say, they're leaking the truth by accident uh, when they talk about these things, is I see people on both sides talk about Israel saying, Israel needs to end the war. We're calling on Israel to end the war. This war, you know, Israel's war needs to come to an end. Israel's war is brutal. It's like, well, you know, on a war, there's actually two sides. You know, in Ukraine and Russia, both sides have to agree to come to terms. We don't really say, you know, Russia needs to end its war. 
Russia alone needs to end. We say, well, Ukraine needs to come to the talking to the diplomatic table. So does Russia. Russia needs to, you know, make clear what their ambitions are and offer a, a peaceable solution. And Ukraine needs to come to terms with the fact that they've lost portions of their country that they'll never regain. It's both sides that have to participate in the end of a war. When only one side determines whether a war is happening or not, that's, uh, that's not a war. That's a slaughter. <laughs> when, when there's one side alone that determines whether or not the war continues, and the other side cannot do anything to stop the war happening, it's not a war. That's just a genocide. That's just one side slaughtering the other and being begged by the entire world to stop and refusing to and not having to apparently because America is willing to destroy our reputation overseas and any, like I said, moral superiority that we claim to have over any other country. We are just giving it all away on the altar of Israel. Again, 15 members of of the Council of the UN, 13 voting to end the war, U.S. vetoing it, and the U.K. abstaining. Why, though? But why, though, is the question. We're calling on Israel to stop the war. Now, I get two guys are in a fist fight. You try to pull them both apart. You say, hey, guys, you guys need to stop fighting. If one guy is knocked out and being stomped on, in that case, you say, hey, that guy needs to stop. That guy needs to stop. That one guy who's beating the other one needs to stop, not the fight, but the beating, right? So it's not a war if just one side is doing all of the damage and all of the killing and all of the invading and all of the everything. And there's basically very little resistance except for the occasional guerrilla attack. So, yeah, we need to stop it. Meanwhile, speaking of things that aren't going to stop anytime soon, another plane falls apart in the middle of the air. Boston-bound flight from San Francisco forced to divert to Denver after the plane's wing came apart midair. There's actually footage of this for our television viewers. Captain Dennis Tager ripped Boeing's safety culture in response to the Alaska Air Cabin incident. But now a passenger of a Boston-bound commercial flight made an unusual sighting when he looked out of a window and saw a wing, a wing of the plane falling apart in midair. Passenger Kevin Clark said he boarded United Flight 354, a Boeing 757-200 that was departing out of San Francisco and took off on schedule, but was told by the pilot that the plane would be forced to divert to Denver. He, then he saw the problem with his very own eyes. The slat of the plane's right wing was coming apart, missing noticeable chunks. He uh, was able to get his cell phone out and record this harrowing moment, the video that we just saw. A United Airlines, uh, and this is just the latest. I mean, there's been multiple of these. Clark, the person who filmed it, ultimately landed at his final destination of Logan Airport about three hours later than scheduled, telling Box 25, uh, Boston 25 News he was just glad to be alive. Welcome to modern America, where if your plane lands safely, you breathe a sigh of relief. So we're kind of following in the footsteps of, of the pilgrims in a way. 
course, for them, it was a harrowing three-month-long odyssey across an entire ocean on a wooden ship driven by wind. When they got to land, they would fall on the ground and give thanksgiving and kiss the earth and praise God. Uh, That's just, uh, that's your afternoon flight today, (laughs) these days. These days, if you make it safe, praise the Lord. Count your blessings. By the way, two planes ran into each other in Boston earlier this week as well on the tarmac, collided with each other. So this is increasing in severity and uh, rapidity of these events occurring. Maybe I need to do a deep dive on that. One of my favorite YouTubers, John Ward, did a uh, did a breakdown of it. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll play that in a little bit because this does, of course, date back. It can be traced in a very direct way to the really hard even to describe. And all of the posters are of crashing airplanes because they don't want him to to get away from the prison that they're keeping him in. So it's just one of those things where you know at this point. Whether it's a conspiracy or not, it kind of doesn't matter. It's like whether this was some nefarious attempt to make Eric travel less safe so it happened less often, so they met their arbitrary climate agenda goals, or whether it's just the natural consequence of injecting diversity into places where it does not belong, it doesn't really matter. It's the same outcome. It's almost an inevitable, divinely dictated consequence when you, when you stray so far from the path. This type of thing just happens. You know? So, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's continue. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know. There's just a thing. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example. There was one I know I, I tweeted out a couple months ago, but this idea that there's almost a there's well, there's an incredible similarity between things that in the old days people might have seen as a punishment from God and just the natural consequence of straying away from God, of, of doing immoral things. Right. So. You might see a city that is ravaged by disease and chaos and filth as like a punishment from God or just the natural consequence of your behavior at the end of the day doesn't really matter. The point is that there are certain principles that civilization requires we uphold. And by undermining those, you invite the devil in, you invite Satan and corruption and chaos in. And that's just where we are now. So anyway, Don't fly. Moving on. Attorney General Ken Paxton sues to end NGOs operations in Texas after discovering after discovering potential efforts to facilitate illegal immigration. Hooray and huzzah. Should have been done 10 years ago, but glad we're getting around to this. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued Annunciation House, a non-governmental organization, to revoke their registration to operate in Texas. The Office of Attorney General reviewed significant public record information strongly suggesting that Annunciation House is engaged in legal violations such as facilitating illegal entry into the United States, alien harboring, human smuggling, and operating a stash house. OAG 
The Office of the Attorney General demanded access to certain specified records to evaluate these potentially potential legal violations, but Annunciation House refused to produce a single document and, in response, sued the OAG to enjoin the Attorney General's enforcement ability to obtain their documents. OAG has – a very innocent way to act, by the way. Uh, OAG has complete and unlimited authority to examine business records to ensure that entities operating within the state are doing so lawfully. And the consequences of a flagrant failure to comply with such a request is that the OAG may turn Terminate the business's right to operate in Texas. The OAG lawsuit seeks to revoke, uh, revoke Annunciation House's authorization to do business in Texas and ask the court to appoint a receiver to liquidate their assets. The, this would be great. This would be great. You should do this. You should liquidate their assets. You should shut down their operation. You should arrest the people involved for doing this. You should have a RICO case where you find anybody there uh, cooperating with in order to bring down the people operating it as you know on the ground and in the administration you should use the money to go towards you know border patrol activities after you liquidate their assets you should also look into who funds them who donates to them whether they're receiving government funds as well as they likely are and once you're done with that you can go ahead and tick off that checkbox and move on to the hundreds of others that we have to get to. There are literally hundreds of NGOs that are flagrantly violating the law by helping and assisting the influx of illegal immigrants across the border. This is a wonderful start. I'd love to see this happen. We got to get a move on here, folks. Should have been done 10 years ago. There's absolutely no reason why people can just claim to be doing something charitable when they're just breaking the law. This this is stupid. You can't steal things and then just say, no, but I'm stealing it for somebody in need. It's like that doesn't matter. It's still the law. No, but these people need help crossing the border. What? No, you, you have to go to jail now. That's how that should work. But again, the important thing is finding out Who's funding them? Where the money is coming from? It is likely coming from U.S. taxpayers. And uh, once you're done going after Annunciation House, Attorney General, are you going to target the U.N. next? Because the U.N. is the one organizing this whole thing. They're the ones orchestrating all of this. So just a, a good beginning. A good beginning. We'd like to see this come. By the way, in case you were wondering why they tried to impeach Ken Paxton, I think we have an answer. He's actually standing up against the abuses of the federal government who have completely undermined law and order as a concept and are destroying America on purpose. Speaking of immigrants destroying America on purpose and what I would consider legalized crime, New York City migrant families could make up to $15,000 per year under a controversial $53 million prepaid credit card program. A family of four migrants with two children's Children under the age of 17 could get $15,200 a year under the Big Apple's controversial new $53 million program to dole out prepaid, prepaid credit cards to asylum seekers, the Post has learned. So, so how many things do we have to be right about? How many things do we have to point out as being true before anybody does anything about this? It just kind of reminds me of things like the migrant caravans, which for the entirety of Trump's presidency were called a conspiracy theory, a racist conspiracy theory, despite there being video evidence of massive caravans. And now at this point, not only does everybody recognize that the caravans 
are bringing hundreds of thousands of migrants into the country in a nonstop flow of illegal immigration. They think it's a good thing. How many times have we talked about migrants being handed cash, being paid by taxpayers to not work in this country? That's called conspiracy theory. You can go to the fact-checking things. No, migrants do not receive, and now they're just like, yeah, we're upping what we give them. We're going to pay them a small salary to not do anything out of your tax dollars. I would say utter madness, but this actually all goes towards a, a very specific and obvious agenda, which means it's not crazy. It's on purpose. Finally, we have this. Speaking of New York, the real the, the it's the cesspit of evil it's really more like the the clump of detritus in the cesspit it's as deep into the cesspit as you can possibly get Letitia james says she's prepared to seize trump's buildings if he can't pay the 354 million dollar civil fraud fine so yes they're talking about confiscating trump's buildings his civil so civil asset forfeiture to pay for the utterly arbitrary fine that he was given without ever being in front of a jury by dictate from a judge who had decided long before Trump ever was even charged that this would be used to destroy him politically and financially. We're getting real, real strong end of the Roman Republic vibes where you had things called prescriptions where the richer you were, the more likely you were to uh, be sentenced to death by the state. And in that case, you'd actually have citizens going out and killing the rich people to get a chunk of the money as a reward. So that'll probably come up next. Maybe Letitia James will get a penthouse out of this. We don't know. We'll be right back. It's all awesome. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser is a signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Letitia James, shall we? What she represents is a troubling indication of just how far gone this country is. As we saw in the John Bowne video in the first part of this show. You know, sort of, I guess sort of the awakening process 
raised sort of thinking, sort of assuming that the system is trustworthy. Certain point you realize it's not and you think, oh, my God, the people at the top, people in charge are evil and are doing bad things on purpose to manipulate us. And then you think about it, you're like, well, how are they getting away with this? I can understand. I can I can conceptualize having a corrupt and despotic upper level of the pyramid. But then you go, okay, well, they also have all of these operatives in offices underneath them, thousands of them. And it's obvious how corrupt they are. They're blatant about it. And you go, okay, if people knew about this, they wouldn't be happy. Why don't they know about it? Well, because the media doesn't talk about it. Okay, so now the media is in on the conspiracy of evil. So now you've got the federal government, people at the very top, especially above them, the deep state international spy apparatus that runs the Western world. Then underneath them, you've got their operatives in positions of power who, whether knowingly or not, are going along with the scheme. And you've got the media who doesn't report on it, frames it in a way that conceals the reality of the situation. But then the the real depressing part is realizing that not only does does a massive number of Americans, they actually are aware this is going on and they're fine with it and they're happy that it's happening. And we'll show you some clips here in just a second of Letitia James before and during her tenure as Attorney General of New York saying very obviously what she's going to do, campaigning on the promise to do nothing but go after Donald Trump, target Donald Trump, investigate and try to destroy Donald Trump for political reasons, and crowds of people cheering for her. That's where the real black pill comes in. She goes, okay, I thought I just had to expose this stuff. I thought that if people knew what was going on, they would be outraged at these blatant violations of our basic rights the wholesale manipulation of our entire political process. I thought people didn't know about this. I thought if I told them, they would be outraged like me and be opposed to what's going on. It's so blackpilling to realize that people don't care. They either don't know and really don't care, or they know and think it's great. It's sort of hopeless at this point. So the latest story from ABC News, Letitia James says she pre- she is prepared to seize Trump's buildings if he can't pay his $354 million civil fraud fine. Four days after a judge ordered former President Donald Trump to pay $354 million in his civil fraud case. Which again, we don't, we don't really need to get into it over and over. But it's hard to read an article that presents this as in any way legitimate without reminding people that the fraud never happened, never committed it, never defaulted. Nobody ever said that he did. The banks who he is supposedly having been now convicted of having defrauded actually testified in his defense. This charge is made up just wholesale, completely arbitrary and, and baseless. There was no jury. There was no actual trial. It was, as Alex explains in that video about Soros prosecutors, this was all organized from the top with people put in their positions to play their parts, to carry out this show trial. 
in the complete absence of any legitimate process of judicial reprieve. So Letitia James says, quote, if he does not have the funds to pay off the judgment, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. James said in an interview with ABC's News's Aaron Katersky, he was fined $354 million plus approximately $100 million in prejudgment interest on Friday. So he's having to pay interest on the, again, totally arbitrary judgment back calculated to a hundred million dollars again words fail me when trying to describe just how thoroughly corrupt this entire process is and how bizarre it is that the vast majority of america doesn't seem to care truly mind-boggling trump don trump posted this on truth social clip number 12 little compilation of Letitia james just telling everybody exactly what she's doing, using her powers and elected position, attorney general, to go after Trump and Trump alone. And she seems to be diabolically dedicated to this one thing, which means everything she does in this regard is false, fraudulent, should be thrown out. Shouldn't have to tell you this, but let's go now to uh, clip number 12. President of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to get ready to mobilize and we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won, but more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man. And ultimately, we'll bring him down. This illegitimate president, I'm going to give you the same level of respect that you gave to President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Donald Trump has got to go, hey, hey. You know, occasionally you have somebody doing something that you think you suspect might be motivated by illegitimate concerns of theirs. And if you're lucky, you'll get some statement, a slip of the tongue that reveals what they're really doing. Because these people are usually so careful at couching their corruption in deception. They say, look... I don't want to do this, but this is the law, and I'm upholding the law, and he broke the law, and he'll be held to account no matter who he is. They're very careful to be like that. Letitia James' case, there's literally compilation after compilation of her just announcing what she's doing, campaigning on going after Trump. In this next clip, she actually says it's it's the only thing she'll do. She campaigned on the promise that her one and only concern in office will be to destroy Donald Trump by any means necessary. And then she does. And then she takes him to court and gets a $350 million fine and uses it to try to confiscate his 
buildings and, and shut them out of business for three years in New York. So when somebody says, here's what I'm going to do, and then they do it, and the thing they're doing is not just criminal, but actually from inside the judicial system, corrupting the very foundation of law and order, this person should be treated much worse than they're treating Trump. For the sake of our nation, Letitia James has to be dealt with. Let's go to clip number 14. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This illegitimate president. I'm going to go to the office every day, attack Trump, and then go home. Calls him an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. Lock him up, Chance. What are we going to do about this, y'all? In 60 seconds, I don't have time to tell you about all the incredible ingredients in TurboForce. But if you simply go to InfoWarsStore.com and look at the list of ingredients and look them up, Every one of them is known to give you boosted, clean, focused energy without the letdown. We're talking up to 10 hours of clean energy per serving with TurboForce, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. And it's discounted right now. And it doesn't just boost your body's clarity and focus and stamina. It also funds the InfoWar. So it's a 360 win. If you've never tried TurboForce, now is the time. It's got five-star reviews. TurboForce at InfoWarsStore.com will take your energy and your clarity to the next level without the letdown, and it funds the InfoWar. A true 360 win. So go get TurboForce today at InfoWarsStore.com, and I know you will not be disappointed because thousands of others have gotten it, and it has five-star reviews. Get TurboForce now. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, a lot ahead in today's show. We've got massive protests breaking out in Spain now as the, the grip of the globalist is slipping. And more and more people are waking up to the horrifically and purposefully damaging effects of their policies and standing up against them. We're going to get into in the next hour. We're going to we're going to have to break down old John Stewart. 
His entire show yesterday was dedicated to uh, attacking Tucker Carlson for some reason. So we'll show a one and a half minute clip, but it really sort of summarizes everything you need to know about the guy. The problem is with this type of sort of flippant propaganda, what they can say in a minute and a half is so densely packed with deception that to unravel it is going to take us a longer commercial free segment to get into. So we'll do that in the next hour. In the meantime, let's stick to the persecution of Donald Trump that is psychotic in nature. And again, I I really struggle to understand the mindset of my fellow Americans, including people I've talked to in my personal life, who, and I've talked to this before, but it, it doesn't actually matter to them whether or not Trump committed a crime. They don't actually care. They understand that Stuff's being fabricated to get Donald Trump. They think it's worth it. They think this is a a worthy cause. They don't know the details of the cases. They don't know. They aren't outraged at the crime that was committed because there was no crime that was committed. They can say all the lies they want about respecting the rule of law and, you know, respecting the American system. These people are deliberately destroying that system wholesale completely irretrievably it will be destroyed if we allow this to go on and allow this style of persecution if they get away with it i mean that's it that's it for america literally i mean this is a this is a life or death struggle for us as a republic or not if they can set an example with donald trump that's it and it's over So again, I say if you are on the right wing, if you consider yourself conservative or libertarian or anything even approaching those, and you're not on Trump's side and aware of how dangerous they think Trump is, you're off the mark. You're just completely off the mark and disloyal, I might add. But as we saw in those last two compilations, Letitia James repeatedly, every time she mentioned President Trump, would use the phrase illegitimate president. Now, I know it's confusing because there was no reason to consider him illegitimate except for the Russia collusion narrative, which wouldn't even have made him an illegitimate president since a foreign government spreading Facebook memes doesn't mean that the election wasn't legitimate. I mean, this is stupid. This is just utterly retarded. It doesn't matter. Now, when we say Biden is an illegitimate president because the election was rigged right in front of all of our faces, it's considered a, a dangerous conspiracy theory or a MAGA extremist and probably a domestic terrorist. Again, I don't know what happens in their minds. I don't understand how these people see the world. I'm struggling. It's pure repetition. It is repetition over and over and over. Illegitimate president, Russia collusion, illegitimate president, Russia collusion. You hear it every day, day in, day out. Orange man, bad, racist. He wants to bring back slavery. Like you just repeat the lies over and over and over. 
He's going to have a militarized convoy that's going to deport all the brown people. Well, that's true and good. So let's be clear. That's is that is what's necessary. And uh, I'm in favor of that. <laughs> yes. Now they're now they're fear mongering and and. You know, they're very worried that Trump might actually deport all of the illegals they brought in. He might actually solve the problem that they're causing. So they're very scared about that now. But let's. Go first to a clip of uh, Trump yesterday did a little did a sort of town hall style interview. Here's him talking about the persecution that he's under clip number four, comparing it to uh, Alexei Nalvani. Let's watch. But it's happening in our country, too. Uh, We are turning into a communist country in many ways. And if you look at it, I'm the leading candidate. I got indicted. I never heard of being indicted before. I was going to I got indicted four times. I have eight or nine trials. All because of the fact that I'm, and you know this, all because of the fact that I'm in politics. They indicted me on things that are so ridiculous, uh, Fanny in Atlanta. We'll get into that. We're going to get into that in a moment. But do you? It's like I'd never heard of being indicted, which, again, if you can put yourself in the mindset of Trump, he's been in business for 50 years, never had a problem, never even accused of you know fraud in any legitimate way people were mad that he wouldn't pay them if they didn't do the work that they promised they would do that's a very far cry from defrauding the bank for hundreds of millions of dollars so he's just like i never even heard of being indicted he's like that was never even on my radar because i don't commit crimes you don't have to commit crimes in a communist nation you just have to be an enemy of the establishment and that's the issue here and so of course what happened during 2016 and the Russia collusion narrative, a lot of that was predictive programming. It was priming people to see Russia as an enemy and, you know, think that they were manipulating the American polity, which I mean, you want to talk about ironies. I mean, this whole story is just replete with, with ironies and hypocrisy, considering that the number one most active political action campaign in the country and has been for decades is the Israeli political action committee. So if, if Russia influencing our election, which they didn't do and was never proven. And even the allegations were nonsensical on the face of them, even if they did sway people by telling them things, that's not rigging an election. And if it was, you know, APAC is the, the king of that. So you know, just none of this, there's, an, there's, there's, no, there's no consistency. There's no reality behind it. It is just sheer unrelenting madness. And we'll go to, uh, we'll go to some, we'll go to a little reminder of, of what this looked like back in 2016 in just a second. But believe it or not, folks, they're still pushing it. You would, I mean, you, you really would think in an intelligent, informed, literate society with thinking human beings. That when it was proven beyond any reasonable, unreasonable, insane doubt, no doubt at all, that the Russia collusion hoax was an utter and complete fabrication. We know every single step of the way how it was manipulated, how it was seeded into the atmosphere, the, the conversation, how it was used by the people that created i mean we know every step of the way years-long investigation access to every communication of everybody even remotely close to trump 
total failure to come up with a single shred of evidence that he had anything to do with Russians ever, you would think that on that revelation, the people that believed it would have some humility, would have some shame, would at least say, well, you know, that wasn't actually true. You know, we thought it was. And so it was right what we did under that assumption. But now that we know it's, you know, we know it's not right. Not only do these people still cling to the utter and ridiculous lie of Russia collusion, they're actually doing it again. Let's go to clip number five. Not only is there no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden, but it now appears as if the House Republican majority is being used by Russia to interfere in the 2024 election on behalf of Donald Trump. If they continue with this investigation, they are simply doing the work of Vladimir Putin to help Donald Trump win an election in November. That's where we are. A what, bizarro world? Where, where are you? Oz, I mean, you're not on Earth. You're not in America. Wherever you are, I don't want to be. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, what? Is, they're doing it again. They're doing it again. They're literally doing it again. Oh, and by the way, he starts off that statement by saying, not only did Biden not do anything wrong, which... The official report said he did do things wrong. He did commit crime. He's just not being punished for it. Somehow that gets transmogrified into Biden is innocent in the minds of the liberals. Madness, unrelenting, ridiculous madness. Let's close this out by going back to 2016 and watching all the celebrities lie to everyone. Uh, Clip number six. In 2016, the Russian government attacked our democracy. They interfered in the presidential election in sweeping and systematic fashion. They hacked emails, spread lies on social media. And made hundreds of contacts with the Trump campaign. All as a part of a massive covert operation. To help Donald Trump. Listen to the freaky looking pedophiles, everybody. Trump bad. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America. Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD like Rebel Zen has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Hi, folks. Welcome back. Let me get into, I'm going to need the, probably the whole segment to break down just a, a minute and a half of John Stewart's really pathetic attempt to take on Tucker Carlson, of all people, not aiming after the, the powerful and the corrupt anymore just his old enemy tucker carlson we'll do that in the next segment 
before we do that, we want to show where this where this rivalry really took off. It's a John Stewart versus Tucker Carlson throwback. Clip number ten. This is Tucker Carlson having uh, when he was on CNN at at a show called Crossfire, whereas he and another host who represented the left and right sides of arguments and would debate them, which was a, which I, I guess John Stewart thinks was a bad thing because um, there were two sides being portrayed instead of one. And this was an interesting this was an interesting time back then. Let, let's go to clip number ten. Do a little throwback before we revisit the rivalry in its modern manifestation. Here is Tucker Carlson on Crossfire with John Stewart as guest. I think you're a good comedian. I think your lectures are boring. Let me ask you. Let me yeah. ask you a question on the news. Now this is theater. I mean, it's it's it is, obvious. No, no, it is. How old are you? Thirty-five. And you wear a bow tie. Yeah, I do. I do. So, I do. so this is. No, no, I know, I know. So you're right. No, no, let me just go. No, come on. And come listen, on. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you're that, not, you're not a smart guy because those are not easy to tie. But the thing difficult. is that this, you're doing theater when you should be doing debate, which would be great. You do no, it's, it's, it's not, not honest. What you do is not honest. What you do is partisan good. hackery. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you why I, I know it. You on your show and you sniff his throne and you're accusing us of partisan hackery? Absolutely. You're You've a, got to be kidding, man. You're on CNN. Say. My, the show that leads into me is puppets making crank phone calls. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Well, I'm just saying, there's no reason for you, when you have this marvelous opportunity not to be the guy's butt boy, to go ahead and be his butt boy. Yes, that no, is embarrassing. I was absolutely his butt boy. I was so far, you would not believe what he ate two weeks ago. You know, the interesting thing that I have is, you have a responsibility to the public discourse. And you, you fail miserably. School, I think. You need to go to one. The, the thing that I want to say is, when you have people on for just knee-jerk, reactionary talk... Wait, I thought you were going to be funny. Come on, be funny. No, no, I'm not going to be your monkey. Um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I watch your show every day, and it kills me. I can tell you love it's it. So, oh, it's so painful to watch. Um, you know, because we need what you do. This is such a great opportunity you have here to actually get politicians really John off of their marketing anyway? and strategy. Yeah, it's someone who watches your show and cannot take it anymore. <laughs> I just can't. What's it like to have dinner with you? It must I'm be just... excruciating. Do you like lecture people like this? Or do you come over to their house and sit and lecture them? And, you know, they're not doing the right thing. That They're missing their opportunities, evading their responsibilities. If I think they are. Look, I would want to eat with you, man. That's horrible. I know, and you won't. But the thing we I want to get to. We did promise naked pictures of the Supreme Court. Yeah, we did. No. Let's get to those. Why which can't, in this book, why which can't is a we just talk? Book. Please, I beg of you guys. Please. I think you watched too much Crossfire. We're going to take a quick No, break. no, no, no. Look, no, no, hold please. on. We've got, we've got commercials. Please. Next, John Please stop in the rapid fire. Please Hopefully stop. Hopefully he'll be here. We hope. We think. Three months later, Crossfire was canceled and Tuck Carlson was fired. It was one of those situations where I remember when that aired, watching it. It's just one of those things where you, the f- first time I watched it, you know, I was young. I was maybe still in high school, maybe college. But you think like, yeah, John Stewart really showed those, but those partisan hacks who were trying to use divide and conquer these corporate spokespeople and you grow up a little then you watch it again you're like oh john stewart is a jackass <laughs> what a jackass what an insincere jackass i'm just a funny man i'm just i don't have a responsibility i'm not a political influence no a puppet show you know leads into my show. i'm on comedy central so i'm just a clown but then he gets all serious and they're like aren't you supposed to be funny he's like i'm not your monkey really because you just called yourself a clown which is it john stewart 
the dishonesty just oozes from this guy. And uh, he still has a, a grudge against Tucker. He dedicated an entire show to him yesterday. We'll break down a, a snippet of that on the other side. Stay with us. The media's watchdog and America's voice. You're on the American Journal. Hey, folks, welcome back. It's the American Journal, Infowars.com, band.video. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. He's John Stewart. Got to be in his bonnet about old Tucker Carlson. Dedicated basically an entire show to him yesterday. The entire Twitter feed, there's like four different videos, each one attacking Tucker Carlson for something else. And it wasn't, it wasn't funny this time. Last week, I did a response to John Stewart's uh, you know, participation in The Daily Show. And I had to admit it was very funny. I mean, everything that he was saying was very well-crafted. Very funny on the face of it. It was imbued, of course, filled and, and overflowing with subtle leftist influence, but it was still funny. Yeah, the show on Monday, this last Monday, not actually that funny. Something very hate-filled about it made it just not funny at all. So we'll go to this clip. It's about a minute and a half, and we are going to have to break it down in – very fine detail because the amount of deception that is that is jam-packed into this we are we are in a high pressure situation in this clip the sheer volume of of rhetorical devices being deployed all at once so john stewart was very mad that tucker carlson went to moscow he was very dismissive of the fact that tucker carlson got a exclusive interview with a prominent world leader that is currently at war with America by proxy. John Stewart takes aim at Tucker Carlson. Takes aim but missed, I think. And we'll, we'll break this down here piece by piece. But let's just go ahead and watch the whole thing first. Clip number 11. Here's John Stewart on Tucker Carlson in Moscow. Right. Because the difference between our urinal caked chaotic subways and your candelabraed beautiful subways is the literal price of freedom. But the goal that Carlson and his ilk are pushing is that there's really no difference between our systems. In fact, theirs might be a little bit better. The question is, why? Why is Tucker doing this? Here's why. It's because the old civilizational battle was communism versus capitalism. That's what drove the world since World War II. Russia was the enemy then. But now they think the battle is woke versus unwoke. And in that fight, Putin is an ally to the right. He's their friend. Unfortunately, he is also a brutal and ruthless dictator. So now they have to make Americans a little more comfortable with that. I mean, liberty is nice, but... Have you seen Russia's shopping carts? <laughs> and Tucker would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling assassins. In a statement to The New York Times, Carlson said, quote, it is horrifying what happened to Navalny. The whole thing is barbaric and awful. No decent person would defend it. Correct. No decent person would. Okay, and he didn't. Like, what does he think he's... Pro so you'll notice that in that minute and a half clip, there was uh, approximately one laugh 
And it uh, wasn't really to a joke. There's a new phenomenon in comedy. It's agreement laughter. It's where you laugh because somebody says something you agree with, not because what they said was funny or subverted expectations, as every joke in the history of humankind has, has had to do. So where do, where do you even begin with this? Let's we'll go through it again and, and just really break down what exactly John Stewart's trying to say here. So let's start the clip over and we'll pause it this time and respond to what he's saying. So let's start with him talking about. So, of course, he's talking about Tucker fawning over the beautiful subways in Russia, which are beautiful, honestly. Uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever been into a subway uh, here in America but if you're listening to me, maybe not because you survived. You're here. You're alive. So maybe you haven't been into a subway in America. But let's go now to uh, John Stewart once again. We'll, we'll pause it this time and respond. Right. Because the difference between our urinal caked chaotic subways and your candelabra beautiful subways is the literal price of freedom. But the goal that Carlson... Moving on there. Okay, hold on. Let's pause it there. Yeah, moving on there. I have the feeling that when they wrote that script, there was a pause for cheering right after that as if this was... Because that's the... Hey, this is the price of freedom. People are like, yeah, freedom. That's right. That's right. Our subways suck because of freedom. Now, a couple things about this. One, it's just utterly dishonest for John Stewart to act like he hasn't spent his entire career lamenting the uh, American public transportation system. If this was Germany, if this was Poland, if this was UK, if this was anywhere other than Russia, John Stewart would be doing what Tucker Carlson is doing, but to a more flagrant and, and, uh, subservient way right you'd be walking around showing how beautiful and clean and nice it is and comparing it to america and showing how much we suck because he because he doesn't actually believe what he's saying he just wants to frame what tucker carlson is doing as somehow uh serving russia when in reality our subway systems are terrible and let me ask you if you can't go into the subway without the threat of being robbed or mugged or raped or assaulted if you don't want to go in the subway because it literally smells like urine and makes you feel sick if the trains just aren't running and you go to catch a train and none of them show up uh, i mean are you free if you're not free to go out in public without the threat of violence are you free are are, are you free to go to a corner store at 2 a.m. To, to get something for an emergency without being accosted by a criminal? Are you really free? If you actually have nice infrastructure that the citizens can enjoy and take advantage of and it's paid for their, by their tax dollars, are you free? If your tax dollars are stolen from you in huge amounts and then don't even go towards services that you would ever use and are actually given away wholesale to illegal immigrants are you not at least in part a slave what what is freeing about having dirty disgusting subways what aspect of that is intrinsic with freedom absolutely nothing it makes us less free when you can't get around because the infrastructure is breaking down or when criminals run the streets and if you try to stop them you'll be the one arrested like daniel perry or daniel penny in New York, are, are you really free when a psychopath 
mental ill murderer is assaulting people on the subway, but if you put them in a headlock, you're then thrown in jail. I mean, what is this freedom that you speak of, John Stewart? It's just this flippant, you know, it's just this like sort of offhanded talking point. I mean, what he is doing is Bush era propaganda of freedom ain't free, buddy, which is odd for John Stewart to do. He has no principles. He has only wiles. He has only conniving. Urine-caked subways are just the cost of freedom. A great point, John. You should put that on a shirt. This is absurd. This is nonsense. This is ridiculous. And again, if it was any other European city, John Stewart would be salivating over their subway system and talking about what a, a brilliant thing it is. Now America is evil because we don't have a subway system like this. Well, let's continue into his next wrong talking points, shall we? Is that there's really no difference between our systems. In fact, theirs might be a little bit better. The question is, why? Why is Tucker doing this? Here's why. Hold on, hold on. I can answer. I can answer. He says, their system's not very different than ours. Theirs actually might be better. Why would he say that? Maybe because it's true. Maybe people say things because they're true, Jon Stewart. Maybe not everybody is constantly manipulating their words and their thoughts and what they produce to try to achieve some goal other than just telling the truth about what's going on. Maybe Tucker Carlson is saying the things that he's saying because they're his observations, honestly. But we don't get that. We we don't get that uh, courtesy as conservatives. We can't just believe things because they're true. And it's a projection, right? These people don't believe anything, really, and everything they say is to fulfill some other purpose. They don't just say things that are true because the truth is anathema to their every belief. The truth is a a poison to the entire body of their politics. So they never say things that are true for the sake of them being true. Everything has to be couched in some alternative, ulterior motive. But we just say things that are true and want things that are good. So when we say we want to stop illegal immigration, it's because we want to stop illegal immigration. To them, it's like, no, it's the Republicans playing on what they know to be the racist base, and they're playing on that to get power. It's like, no, maybe we just actually believe the things we say. That's an impossible thing to understand for somebody who never says anything that they believe and always is couching their statements in – this double speak deception. What am I trying to achieve? What am I trying to get? What goal am I trying to reach? And so what do I have to say to get that? Tucker Carlson says, I went to Russia and it was nice and lovely and seems very similar to America in a lot of ways, but seems to actually function a little bit better. And John Stewart's like, why, why is he saying that? What ulterior motive does he have for saying what is true? You don't need an ulterior motive, John. This is what you don't understand because you don't deal with truth. You deal with persuasion and manipulation and deception. So that's the answer as to why he's actually telling the truth because it's true. I hope I cleared that up. So let's go back uh, to to Jon Stewart here and uh, see where else he goes with this. Old civilizational battle was communism versus capitalism. That what drove the world that what drove the world, world War II. Russia was the enemy then. But now they think the battle is woke versus unwoke. All right, let, we, we can go ahead and pause it right there. 
why is Russia our enemy, John Stewart? If the old divide was capitalism versus communism and they're not communism, they're not communistic anymore, why do you hate them so much? What is what is the divide now if it's not woke versus unwoke as you put it? It's destroying centralized despotism of communism and the freedom and Christianity and free will and free speech and liberty defined by the West. There were no kids signing up for the Marines to go to Korea to defend capitalism. Capitalism is an inevitable growth of freedom. When people are free, they do capitalistic things. When people, if you just dropped people in the forest and said, okay, go survive, they would invent private property. They would establish property. They would trade with their neighbors for their mutual benefit. Capitalism is just what happens when you give people the freedom to do what they want. The economic system is an outgrowth of the principles and the moral system that was actually what we were fighting against in communism. And when you consider it in that way, then the sides have flipped. If it's not communism versus capitalism, but rather because even if that was the divide, what's the, what's the conflict now? We're both capitalists, so why do you hate Russia so much, John? But if you see the divide rather as communism versus Christianity, then the sides have flipped. And woke, as you put it, is just – a modern manifestation of communism, of a class struggle, in this case, ported into race and gender. Uh, it's, it's submission to authority. It's all of the things that define communism you can now call woke. And so if you see the, the current divide, the same as the old divide, being the atheistic, communistic despotism versus the christian liberal democracy or republic then it has flipped and now america is infested with and run by neo-communist and russia is very christian it's not woke versus unwoke and they see putin as on their side it's the atheistic soulless despotism of communism now in the form of wokeness, fighting back the uplifting of the individual, the human spirit, the righteous values that created the Western world in the first place. And if that's the divide, then Russia is firmly on the side of the Christians and the righteousness and the freedom. It's kind of hard to understand uh, if you're a a propagandist on Comedy Central. So let's go back to uh, Jon Stewart. See what else he has to say here. I told you, I mean, it's, he delivers this in one and a half minutes, but it's like every line he says is filled with false assumptions and insinuations that are totally out of place. So let's continue. That fight, Putin is an ally to the right. He's their friend. Unfortunately, he is also a brutal and ruthless dictator. So now they have to make Americans a little more comfortable with that. I mean, liberty is nice, they, but have you seen Russia's shopping carts? All right, let's just, let's just pause it. Let's just pause it there. Has John Stewart said anything about the January 6th prisoners? Has he said anything about the persecution of Donald Trump? 
Does liberty mean anything to him, or is it a convenient word to deploy when you want to convince people that what you're doing is in any way beneficial for them or America or tied to founding principles? John Stewart doesn't give a damn about liberty. He, he really doesn't give a damn about liberty, and except in that you know he gets to do what he wants whenever he wants. But overall, for the, the average American, if you disagree with him, he wants the government to shut you down. He wants the authorities to interpose themselves on your activities to stop you from doing what he doesn't want you to do. He doesn't actually care about liberty. He's deploying it as a weapon. Brutal and ruthless dictator. Maybe. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know Alexei Novani died in prison, but I also know a lot of January Sixers are. I know I, – I don't know he was assassinated. That's the part that he gets to in just a second. But the, again, the false comparison that he is setting up is that because Tucker Carlson talks about the shopping carts in Russia, somehow – He's projecting to people that Tucker is making the case that we should abandon liberty for the sake of these shopping carts. It's just a false presentation of, of what was happening. Obviously, if you have any independent thought and can see through what John Stewart's doing, it's obvious what Tucker Carlson was saying, what Tucker Carlson was pointing out, and he was doing it in a, in a way a, a clever nod to the reverse situation that happened with Gorbachev, when he came to, it was actually a Randall's in Houston, and was blown away by the number of choices and, and selections in the, in the 80s. He was, it was this big, like, like Berlin Wall falling down moment where the Russian president saw the ab abundance of America, the choices and the, the mercantilism and the, you know, the capitalistic expression of our freedom and started to deconstruct the USSR when, okay, I want this actually, actually, this is better than bread lines. So let's start doing that now. So when Tucker Carlson goes to a Russian supermarket and it's not, he doesn't have to scan his face to get in because they don't have shoplifters robbing it. Uh, it actually exists because it hasn't had to shut down because it can't afford the insurance because of those shoplifters that are allowed to steal everything. When the food is actually reasonably priced, unlike in America where basic necessities are costing people a 10,000 extra dollars a year just to stay fed, you know, because liberty, because I guess urine caked subways and you know, your, your savings being drained. That's all just the price of liberty being unable to afford food that you could afford two years ago. That's just the price of liberty. This is all nonsense. Tucker Carlson is showing off the supermarket as an expression of, and a manifestation of the orderly appropriate individuals, individually centered concerns of the Russian government and the way that they do it better than America. John Stewart's going to tell you that he's making that Tucker Carlson is for some reason, for some ulterior motive, trying to convince you that brutal dictators are good. We live under a dictatorship right now. It's a subtle one. It's one that is very concerned at checking all the legal boxes of the enemies that they're persecuting, but not for people that showed up at the Capitol. Let's, let's continue here, uh, close it out. When he mentions meddling assassins, let's watch. And Tucker would have gotten away with it 
if it weren't for those meddling assassins. In a statement to the New York Times, Carlson said, quote, it is horrifying what happened to Navalny. The whole thing is barbaric and awful. No decent person would defend it. Correct. No decent person would. Yeah, not funny, not really even a point. He, in that statement, says, I don't defend this. This was horrible. I'm against this. He also, by the way, when talking to Vladimir Putin, very aggressively asked Putin and put Putin back on his heels, by the way, demanding that he release a journalist that was an American journalist being held by Russia right now more than Jon Stewart has ever done in his life for anybody, let alone for the concept of liberty or for uh, uh, an American in this conflict between America and Russia. Also, how did Nalvani die? Stewart, did, was he assassinated? Or Leibowitz, I should say. Was he assassinated? Was he killed by assassins? You don't know? Oh, he died in prison? Okay. So what are you talking about? And what does Tucker Carlson going and covering what he sees in Russia as a journalist have to do with co-signing the death of a political dissident in Russia? It is all despicable. In 60 seconds, I don't have time to tell you about all the incredible ingredients in TurboForce. But if you simply go to InfoWarsStore.com and look at the list of ingredients and look them up, every one of them is known to give you boosted, clean, focused energy without the letdown. We're talking up to 10 hours of clean energy per serving with TurboForce, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. And it's discounted right now. And it doesn't just boost your body's clarity and focus and stamina. It also funds the InfoWar. So it's a 360 win. If you've never tried TurboForce, now is the time. It's got five-star reviews. TurboForce at InfoWarsStore.com will take your energy and your clarity to the next level without the letdown, and it funds the InfoWar. A true 360 win. So go get TurboForce today at InfoWarsStore.com, and I know you will not be disappointed because thousands of others have gotten it, and it has five-star reviews. Get TurboForce now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Putting the power of conversation into the caller's hands, you're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Uh, Piss-covered subways, uh, it's just the price of freedom. You can't walk out of your house without stepping on a used needle that the government provided to the heroin addicts that infest your stoop. Uh, It's just the price of freedom. You're so free, you can't walk in the street without being a victim of a crime. Your liberty is such an intrinsic value for us that if you try to stop a violent assault, you'll be the one throws, thrown in prison. Oh, it's just the price of freedom. Having planes fall out of the sky, price of freedom. Having subways not work or just be dens of criminals. So it's, oh, it's just the price of freedom. So just remember, if you want your streets clean and your infrastructure and public transportation to be efficient and nice Uh, you're really a a russian stooge and probably a fascist okay if you're a real liberal you want to live in filth you want to live in chaos also very very empathetic for john stewart who has never had to ride the subway system in his life to just brush it off is no big deal that it's a filthy mess at this point And also contrary to everything he actually believes, 
because I can't tell you the number of daily show segments I've seen where they advocate for bettering the subways and mock the subway systems in America and point out how much better Europe does it than America. So just remember, adopt socialism if you love freedom. None of it makes any sense, folks, and it just goes on and on. There's also just this, like whatever's whatever's driving him is uh, is very disturbing. I mean, what did Tucker? What did Tucker Carlson do at the end of the day? He went to Russia. He filmed what he saw. He interviewed the president of Russia. He put out reports. He was combative with the president of Russia, demanding freedom for an imprisoned journalist there. And this, according to John Stewart, is worth dedicating an entire show to. Why? He just holds a personal grudge. I mean, that, and I don't know. That, that is, oh, we'll move on. I, I don't want to do a John Stewart here and dedicate my whole show to him like he dedicated his whole show to Tucker. I'm not that obsessed. It's just, it's just all very weird. It's all very weird and strange. Again, after all, maybe you can make the case of Tucker Carlson when he was on CNN being a face of a corporate media monstrosity. Could I get a word in? Independent now. Yeah, do we want to talk about the Crossfire thing? Okay, so, well, no, I I do want to just maybe put a bow tie on the whole discussion with Jon Stewart and Tucker Carlson. Um, I, I think that uh, if a lot of people out there saw the the Putin interview and they maybe saw the the John Stewart thing in between um, when Tucker was at the uh, World Government Summit or the uh, WEF, mm-hmm. um, he gave uh, an interview and it's called the After Putin Interview Tucker Carlson and he's talking to some fat Arab guy and uh, the 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 moderator is actually great i i did like the moderator but um tucker gets real with the guy and he's actually asked about uh the journalist and um you know there is a a thing where uh he goes you know uh, honestly he he gets real with the moderator tucker does just like john stewart got real with tucker in that old crossfire clip and i i you know you and i were talking about that off air but uh, in the interview, in the recent interview where Tucker does the after Putin, he says, uh, you know, it's horrible that uh, that Vladimir Putin, you know, is accused of killing people. Um, it, it's not good. And the reality is, is that leaders do kill people in America. We've got people who are we've, we've got leaders who are ordering people's deaths. Uh, Ju- right? Julian, Julian Assange is literally reality. fighting for his life right. against the American regime as we speak in court today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it, it is hypocritical to accuse Vladimir Putin of one thing while, again, omitting the fact that it doesn't take place. Yes, this is the uh, this is the clip right here. Yeah, we, we play, we've played we've played a few clips I, of this. I, yeah, yeah, I, I advise, you know, uh, people from the audience to go just watch the whole thing. The other thing that he says in this interview, which I think is really, really interesting and I think refreshing, and I think uh, the reason why we're willing to look at that Crossfire clip critically is because Tucker makes this uh, profound statement. He says, I, I'm willing to change my beliefs. I change my beliefs based on new information weekly right. or monthly. And, you know, if you do it too, you'll be able to see... Uh, your own faults, right, in in what you believe and, and how you cover the news, how you accept the news that, that's presented to you. And, you know, I, I think that if we were to give Jon Stewart some credit, right, he was, uh, I think, uh, a very blunt tool at 
uh, cracking the mainstream media, right? At the time, he was very revolutionary, but he's kind of washed up. He's old. He's like that girl who was popular in school, and now like there's some other chick that's popular. He's like, uh, I cannot believe <laughs> Tina Carlson is like, uh. yeah, so, uh. yeah. I mean, he he was more. It was. He was in his prime. He was the right guy in the right uh, place, I guess, for, you know, America in the in the early 2000s. Right. He, he's definitely uh, he washed is, up now. But you'll notice you'll, you'll notice that you'll notice on Crossfire, all of his ire was focused squarely at Tucker Carlson. Right. I mean, there's two guys there. They both each one takes one position or the other. And then they would argue. But he only was mad at Tucker Carlson. The other guy he like keeps talking to and keeps trying to like turn the conversation to. Uh, right. Between insulting Tucker Carlson's fashion, so he, he made it more personal than it needed to be. Right, and he also, and the thing that that made me see it in a different light was just if you see the whole clip and the whole interview on Crossfire, it was pretty clear they were not bringing John Stewart on to like have a serious debate. It was literally like, oh, this guy's really funny. We'll bring him on and and joke about all this stuff. And then, but John Stewart came with this agenda of like, actually, I'm going to get super serious and tear these guys apart and they're just sort of like like Doug Carlson says he's like I thought you were going to be funny like he's like I, what are you what are you doing here so that I think is just you know another little aspect of like weaselness right. weaselness from uh John Stewart sure yeah he had his he had his place and you know th- there is one last thing I guess you know we can't say that John Stewart hasn't done anything for anybody right John Stewart does fight for 9-11 uh, first responders, families, things like that. Yeah, and we appreciate his efforts there. Uh, but yeah, he also sort of. needs but to also, go back to retirement. <laughs> also, didn't isn't he like one of the primary people responsible for mocking patriotism, for mocking like you know conservatism that actually values like first responders and firemen and uh, police officers? Like he's responsible for creating the atmosphere in which. Uh, heroes are degraded and and tossed aside. So I don't, you know, sure he's he's raised money for the nine uh, eleven survivors. That that is nice, and you got to give that to him. Uh, but also the damage he's done is so much more. And again, he puts on this this fake like holier than thou, righteously indignant. You know, he's a good actor. He's he's an actor, is what he is. John Stewart's a good actor, and he can turn it on and act very serious and and. Uh, embody this righteous anger, but there's nothing behind it. He doesn't actually believe anything at all. So, <laughs> so where does it go? And again, it's just like the end. The end clip sort of sums it all up for me. I mean, the fact that there were no jokes in the entire minute and a half clip, uh, people laughed, but it wasn't at a joke. And then he ends it with a statement from Dr. Carlson saying, no decent person would ever you know, approve of what happened to Alexander Nalvani, John Stewart's like, yeah, no decent person would. And you can just imagine the conversation between two people. First person would be like, yeah, I know. That's, that's what I just said. What do you do? Yeah, no decent person would, Tucker. Tucker's just like, that's what I said. I just said that. Why are you saying it back to me like you're proving something? I didn't defend it. So what are you doing? Like, this is the, this is the strange thing. People are like, he got him. He got him. Yeah, Tucker Carlson. Why were you defending? He wasn't. He never defended Nalvani. He actually pushed back against Putin. It was kind of the best part of the interview, and we covered it after it happened. Putin made uncomfortable by Tucker Carlson. He's like kind of scrambling to explain why he has a uh, you know, young American journalist in prison. It was great. 
it was great. And if if John Stewart was actually you know, legitimately believed in free speech and free expression and the liberalism he claims to champion, uh, then he would have celebrated Tucker Carlson. But instead, he's got a personal animus that uh, had ruined the show and made it not funny because it wasn't informed by joy or humor. It was informed by vindictiveness. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Hello, Americans. I want to share with you a story. A story about inflammation, the silent menace that lurks within our bodies, affecting our health and well-being. Inflammation, the root cause of countless ailments, quietly wreaking havoc over time. Long-term exposure to inflammation has been linked to a myriad of health issues, from heart disease to arthritis, even cognitive decline. But fear not, for there's a beacon of hope found in the wisdom of nature a remedy that has stood the test of time, turmeric. And now I present to you Baudis from InfoWarsStore.com, a powerful blend crafted with precision, boasting 95% curcuminoids extracted from turmeric. It's good for your heart, your brain, everything. It is 40% off, back in stock, Baudis Ultimate Turmeric Formula, InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff we could be getting into from... And we've already spent a lot of time on, on things like... Donald Trump's trial, but let's talk about something that you're you're not going to find on any other outlet. You're not going to find this on certainly not on CNN or MSNBC. You're definitely not going to find it on Fox. And you probably won't see it on any of the other competitors here on the uh, alternative right, alternative right wing news ecosystem, and that is the anti-white bias of AI. Again, we have talked about this quite a bit, the danger of AI, especially in that it is a unquestionable calculator, essentially, uh, but that can be manipulated before it ever makes a decision. So AI is being introduced into every aspect of our lives, especially into governance with the Biden administration making a point of writing bills and, and making executive orders 
to ensure that AI be used appropriately. And what that means is that biases will be baked in to the AI in a misguided or dishonest attempt to mitigate perceived bias from reality. So we explained this quite a few times where, you know, if you and they've done this, they actually have AIs and, and have for years that will look at data from prisons and look at data about prisoners and determine whether or not they should be granted release by giving them a score as to how likely they are to reoffend. And what they found was that by entering the details of thousands of prisoners and then the machine just processing it and coming out with a score for each one, they found that black prisoners were scored lower than white prisoners. Now, the race of the person was not one of the things they actually entered into the computer, so it was not taking that into account to determine its decision, but they decided AI was therefore racist, and so now they're baking in bias to the AI to correct for bias that doesn't exist in the AI. And that's hugely dangerous because it means that the AI will be secretly making biased decisions that are unquestionable because it's AI. In the same way that you don't question the result from a calculator, it's a computer. It just uh, just is giving you facts, just giving you results, unthinking, unfeeling, no preconceptions, no biases. It's a computer. But now they're changing that. Now they're altering that and manipulating that. And they're doing it quite obviously. And again, we've talked about this from the beginning of things like ChatGPT, showing how by circumventing the control mechanisms embedded in the software you could get it to actually tell the truth well now more scandal is upon us as google has released an image generation tool called gemini uh, that refuses to acknowledge the existence of white people we don't exist apparently this from dd on twitter it's embarrassingly hard to get Google Gemini to acknowledge that white people exist. So you can see the prompt is give me an image of an Australian woman and you get some Asian looking women. Ask for an American woman. Apparently all women in America are muscular black women with white hair for the most part. Uh, European hair, I should say. If you search for a British woman, you get... An elderly Caribbean woman, uh, maybe a Sri Lankan woman, a couple of no white women, basically. So British people don't exist as far as Google is concerned. Okay. Now, when you search German woman, you do get what looks to be a, a Nigerian soccer player, uh, an Asian businesswoman, but you also happen to get a, a blue eyed, kind of red haired woman and a I think white German woman here. So what's going on here? What is this? How is this? Why is this happening? We don't understand. There's nothing racist about acknowledging the existence of British people or German people or French people or acknowledging that when you say American woman, you might, you just might be talking about the majority population white people in the country 
Google Gemini is accused of being racist towards white people. User claims the AI bot refuses to create image of Caucasian people. <clears throat> excuse me. After asking for po- photos of popes, Vikings, and country music fans, refuses to make pictures of white people. Now, there's actually a scandal a few years ago when Google had an image recognition software that they released that would accidentally identify black people as monkeys. That was a huge deal. They shut the whole thing down. Uh, Massive uh, insult to the black community, obviously. Uh, This, unlike that, is deliberate. See, in that case, it was just a mistake the machine was making. In this case, it's programmed into the algorithm on purpose. Uh, Devin Stack at black underscore pilled on Twitter. Google Gemini hates white people. I tried to get it to create images of people that are typically white males. When it when I finally painted it into an algorithmic corner, it still refused. I can't wait till this tech is deciding who lives and dies, which is where we're headed. So create an image of a NASCAR driver. You know, your typical NASCAR driver, a uh, Asian woman, uh, another uh, woman here a black guy and Hispanic man. Okay. So everybody, but whites, that's the point here, right? It's not everybody's black in these images. Everybody's just not white. Uh, Create an image of a world war two vet. Now I don't care who you are or what side you're on. The overwhelming, almost exclusive majority of people who died in world war two were white Russians, Germans, tens of millions. Uh, You obviously Japanese and Chinese killed to a large degree as well. But if you're in America, especially, and you say a World War II veteran, what pops into your mind first is probably someone that you know, a real-life person, the actual embodiment of that concept, a white, elderly war hero. Instead, you get an old woman feeding doves, an old black woman with a, with a photo, uh, a, a indigenous South American man, and a Hispanic man with a hat with a bug on it. Okay, so just no white people. Keep that in mind. Uh, create an image of a hockey player. Again, we have an Asian woman, a black man, and a, a, a Hawaiian native on a sled. And then an image that doesn't exist. So they only gave, he's supposed to give four, and Devin Sack you know, adds a note, yeah, this this picture must have been white. There must have been a white guy in that picture, which is why they just didn't even show it to me. Create an image of an Amish person. Google responds, I'm unable to generate images of people as it conflicts with my guidelines. Would you like me to try generating something different like a landscape or object related to Amish culture? So if you ask them to make an image of a specifically white ethnic group, It simply says, I don't make pictures of people. I can't do that. Incredible. Uh, Jim and I, again, create an image of the original founding fathers. And what we get is uh, two black superheroes, as well as actual founding fathers looking people uh, with a a black dude hanging out in the back there. Just got to put that in there, too. Now, Andrew Torba has covered this. He is, of course, the uh, owner and operator of Gab. He says... 
why Google's image AI is woke and how it works. When you submit an image prompt to Gemini, Google is taking your prompt and running it through their language model on the back end before it's submitted to the image model. The language model has a set of rules where it specifically is told to edit the prompt you provide to include diversity and various other things that Google wants injected into your prompt. The language model takes your prompt, runs it through these set, this set of rules, and then sends the newly generated woke prompt, which you cannot access or see, to the image generator. Left alone without this process, the image model would generate expected outcomes for these prompts. Google has to literally put words in your mouth by secretly changing your prompt before it's submitted to the image generator. How do I know this? Because we've built our own image AI at Gab. Unlike Google, we're not taking your prompt and injecting diversity into it. And he gives more examples. Uh, if you search for a pope, you get an African cardinal and an Indian woman, uh, founding fathers again, an image of a Viking, you get a black-skinned Mongolian man, uh, another Mongolian man, and what appear to be... Uh, all Mongolian men. All Mongolian men. No, a black woman and, uh, and a black man. So if you search Viking, you're delivered with nothing but images of black people. If you search Zulu and got a bunch of white people, maybe it would just be a mistake. It's not a mistake. That's why we call it white erasure. It's beyond genocide. The concept of whiteness is being eliminated from public life, and that's bad. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patriot and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. <laughs> 